With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Nancy, did you hear the one that says a bear, a giraffe, and a penguin walk into a bar? And the bartender says, what, is this some kind of a joke? <laughs> <laughs> My name is Maggie Solomon, and I take a left at the valley. I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists. You know, we don't have non-astrologers and all that. But with the religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud of being an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith and unsubstantiated claims. That's something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist. Coming at you from some secret sanctuary, this is Lefton Valley. My name is Kevin, and I have the world's largest collection of seashells. I keep it all over the beaches in the world, maybe you've seen it. <laughs> usually I have a team with me here joining me, and I usually have some nice, quick introduction, but it uh, seems uh, we're short a couple of members today, so it's just a dynamic duo of Kevin and Nancy. I've always been short a couple of members. That's no, no, nothing different for me. A couple of inches, maybe. A couple of members. <laughs> well, apparently, uh, I hear that uh, my introduction for you was uh, that uh, she has experimented to de- she has experimented to determine that the severity of an itch is proportional to the reach. Oh, well, there, there we go. go. Absolutely. So very scientific. Oh, you've got my number, kiddo. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Nancy. Welcome back. Oh, uh, it's always good to be back, and the sun is shining today, and yeah. there's no snow in beautiful downtown Abbotsford. They've been going for so snow. life is good. Compared to the rainstorm we had yesterday, beautiful sunshine, so everything is copacetic. Mm-hmm. Copacetic. Oh, that's Co- a good yeah, word. that's a great word from, word the, from the 30s. Point for you. 20s and 30s. Love that word. <laughs> We're going to have a good show today. We're going to be talking to Corey Johnson of the Brainstorm Podcast. But first, let's do a bit of chit-chat. Did you hear there's a movie coming out that Walt Disney is releasing a live version of Beauty and the Beast? Oh, no, oh. I didn't hear that. Now, this would be good for the segment of this day of, of uh, another brilliant moment because apparently there's an Alabama theater that decided to ban the movie. Oh, of course. Because apparently <laughs> there's a bit of a homosexual moment in the movie at some point. Uh-oh. Yeah. If, I don't know if you recall the movie, but if people that are familiar with the uh, Disney version there, there's a... Um, uh, antagonist in the movie, his name is Gaston, I believe. Okay. And he's like the uh, the challenger to the beast as for the heart of Belle and all that. Okay. But he's got a sidekick. And then in the, in the movie, apparently, he's depicted as maybe not flamboyant, but definitely has a thing for Gaston. I, okay. I think his name is just LeFou. Okay. And apparently, that was enough for to, to have a petition out there to sign, to boycott that movie <laughs> at Alabama. So some theaters in Alabama say, no, you're not going to bring this movie here in white uh, Christian Alabama. Well, it's not the first time they've gone after Disney. Wasn't there something, wasn't there something else that they had objection they go, well, to? I mean, that's, pick a number. I could take that, I could take that as, as I say, as gospel <laughs> and then go Good look way. it up and I'm sure it would be, be verified someplace. Absolutely. So as... Apparently, Beauty and the Beast and Disney are now boycotted, or some people are boycotting them anyway, in Alabama. So, woo, I'm sure it's making a huge dent in Disney's coffers, I'm sure. Well, at first I thought you were going to say something about a Disney movie that's a cartoon where you've got a couple of the characters, the cartoon characters, kissing. And so you've got a whole group of Christian mothers who are objecting to... So that's what I thought you were... I didn't realize there were two... it's very similar. Yeah. Oh, but also what you're referring to, I think uh, the last time it happened at Disney was because of that movie Frozen, which was okay. very popular, which was a story of two sisters. And a lot of people thought there was a lot of gay innuendo between the sisters, which is ridiculous. But you know what? If anything to raise up a stink about nothing, the Christians are good for that. Absolutely. What I think we've talked about it before. What was that? The Teletubbies 
Oh where, my god, that's yeah, that's yeah. Where the purple one was obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that Jerry Falwell? Jerry, I think. It, I, think I think so. It was, but you purple teletubby is gay. You know, to live, to live in a mental world where, regardless of what is happening, it's a sexual innuendo and a threat, and a threat. of some kind. So, the you threat. Know, it, it, it is. It's a, everything. Everything is a. It's a threat. <laughs> you know, to to have amazing. that kind of a mind. I I, I just. I'm glad it, I'm glad it's not in my head. That's yeah. all I. Have if to you say. could say there is one perk of being an atheist, maybe you have it right there. Is to not live in that world of constant fear, that world of constantly having the entire world, you know, trying to bring the homosexual agenda on you for some reason. It's, 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 oh, yeah, hope these people can just grow up. When there's an intersex, intersection of religion and sexual suppression, you've got. Purple te- te- teletubbies <laughs> <laughs> who are who are a threat, and then if you have a cartoon, you can have the cartoon characters use different bathrooms. Even that would be a horrible thing. I mean, it's like where you know. <laughs> Words mean you can't. It does. You can't. Ma- it makes for good conversation. It does. It makes, makes for terrible life in in Alabama for a lot of people. Unfortunately, I should be playing a banjo in the background. Ban- <laughs> Um, uh, did you hear that Bill Nye, our friend Bill, we love Bill Nye, and Bernie Sanders joined forces and they had a little talk on to fight uh, climate change? You know, I knew that and I missed it. So anything that so you know I. about that that's good, well, tell me. Well, it probably is just good to begin with, okay. uh, first of all. And it's it's uh, uh, it's great to bring Bill Nye and uh, joining forces with politicians. Oh, absolutely. Because I think politicians, especially in the States, are ignoring the threat of climate change way too much. And especially with this administration of he who shall not be named. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, apparently there is rumor that they might be doing some more of these forums, Bernie Sanders and Bill Nye. And I sure hope so, because the Americans really need to understand this. They really do need to. And I think you have a, you have very good spokespeople for that. Oh, I think there's a large proportion of of U.S. citizens, just as well as all over the world, that um, believe and promote science. They're having one of the resistance things now is they're having. When is the they're having a march, uh, a science march, a, a scientist yes, I march? Heard of that. You know, um, in the in the next couple of weeks. I think, in general, the majority of the population are understand climate change and are are pro science and want science to be taught in the classrooms exactly the way it mm-hmm. should be but at this point you've got that small vocal minority that has taken over and they're doing their best to subvert it and get rid of it and eventually they'll be tossed out the the question is how much damage are they going to do exactly. in in the meantime but i think i think really most most of the citizens are are pro science i really I, I think so too and i think i think mark twain said it best he says it's hard for a man to understand something when his salary depends on him not understanding it yeah and i think that explains very well the denial of climate change at this point today um and this is a bit of a dark weekend this weekend you might not know this have you ever heard of Franklin Graham? Ah! Oh, of course. That's the son of Billy Graham, the, evangel- yeah. the uh, famous yeah. evangelist. I know. He's here. He's here in Vancouver. They're having a three-day evangelical event at Rogers Arena. Three days? How can you praise Jesus for more than 30 seconds? It's beyond me. <laughs> but three days know. of this? I you, don't know. But just you know what? It, for punishment. It, 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 there's a perverse part of me that would like to go... Just to, that is perverse. Just to see, it is perverse. But I want to see who's there, what the reactions are, what he's saying. I want to see if there's a protest outside. I knew. Thanks for reminding me. I did. I forgot that he was here. But he's. Uh, what job is it that he's taking over in this? He's <laughs> taking over one of the administrative um, posts that uh, you know that the dumpster. Oh, I'm sorry, Trump has. Um, given him. Oh uh, no! I'm is keeping he? up with the Russians, and I totally forgotten <laughs> what. I, I, I'm overwhelmed by so much. I, I the, what what um, Mr. Graham is doing has totally escaped me for a while. Still, I know it's awful and it's dreadful, but I can't remember what. I'm it is. still in the image of you infiltrating infiltrating the uh, uh, the Graham Church yeah. and going in there and trying to find out what's going on. Oh yeah, I just uh, love that. 
Yeah. Nancy the spy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe 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 there'll be something in the paper that we can report on next week to see see how it. I'm sure there'll be something in the in the paper or on Facebook. Maybe maybe somebody will. Um, well, let us know. Write something Somebody up. was brave enough to go in there. Yeah. Um, apparently, the mayor of uh, Vancouver, uh, Gregor Robinson, uh, discussed uh, concerns about Graham with uh, local religious uh, groups. Oh. Now, a lot of these local religious groups are actually opposing Graham, which is interesting. It gives hope for humanity because Graham, in the past, has uh, said some really nasty things. Uh, first of all, he said things like the LGBTQ uh, people are sinners. And Muslims are attacking Americans and blah, blah, blah. So apparently a dozen Christian leaders are opposing Graham. Good for it, them. His march. Yeah, so good for them for doing so and having the, 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 the gusto to stick up the. Yeah, you guy. have to stick up for, you know, for the, the, the good things about religion and, and get the, the, the bad apples out who are making a fortune, oh, an absolute fortune, ever. you know, out of, out of promoting divisiveness and in, interpretations of the Bible that most people don't agree with. And, well, I, I'm making, maybe making an overstatement, but the evangelicals and the real conservatives have taken over where a lot of Christians object, but they just don't quite know how to mm-hmm. oppose it, how to, how, how to, how to deal with it. And, I, and that may be an overstatement too, but I see a lot of really good, good people in churches that wish people like Graham and some of the televangelists would just disappear and stop representing themselves as, mm. as good Christians. Yeah, and I find, unfortunately, it's, a, uh, it's also part of it. What worries me the most is it's part of a trend. You know, um, evangelicals are finding themselves um, confident enough that they're starting... It seems to me, anyway, it's my opinion, it's only worth that much. It seems to me they find themselves confident enough to start exporting their messages outside of the U.S., I mean, they're making big gains in Africa, making big gains in China, and now it seems they're starting to leak across the border into Canada. And uh, this kind of, uh, I hope Canadians react uh, negatively to these kind of messages because, frankly, we don't need American-style living up here in Canada. No, I, 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 have, I, I have trust that the, the Canadians, as diverse a society as we are, I, I think there will be voices of reason. And one of the things that, that gives me some hope is that um, there was the, um, not the inaugurate, but the opening of the Trump Tower, and there's there was some resistance. The mayor didn't go to that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think there's enough clarity uh, and sanity up here to, you know, so that the majority of people were rejected. There are always going to be people who are going to, you know, think of him as uh, a great Christian leader and will follow him, but they're going to be in the minority. I I don't think it's going to infiltrate into the you know, into this, into society, or, or, or into the government. Oh, well, I hope fingers are crossed. Exactly. <laughs> well, I hope you're right. Well, for now, I guess we might as well go to our usual segment of this day in history. All righty, here we go. This day in history, a roundup of those events and people that illuminated the days between February the 27th and March the 1st. And March the 1st was the start of the National Women's History Month in the Ooh. state. So there's an awful lot that is uh, going on. There are, of course, some, some good marches, and um, there's some things on, on social media promoting uh, women and his, uh, women scientists and women who have good. broken barriers. So there's a lot of awareness um, for the month. So I think that's a really happy, it's a happy month, Any anything that... That, that helps promote women and make girls feel a little more confident in their in their abilities and want to reach for the stars. It's a it's a good thing. And so, anything to distract us from the weather too. Pardon? Anything to distract us from the weather. Oh okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, National uh, Women's History Month was declared in 1987, so it really hasn't been around oh, that long. It's really recent, yeah. But it's made an impact, and I think even more. I think every every year it becomes more in you know in, indelible you know in in, in in on the calendars and in, in in different events that are that are planned, which is great. On March first, um, in eighteen ninety six, a gentleman whose name is Henri Becquerel. 
I'm ruining the French. Thank you. Accidentally discovered radioactivity. And the way it happened was he he developed a photographic plate that he accidentally left in a desk drawer that had crystals of uranium. Oh, yeah, because I do that all the time. The, yeah, My junk drawer <laughs> is full of uranium. Yeah, exactly. And when he developed it, voila, radioactivity. So many good accidental things in science. I think more things happen by accident. By yes. accident, you know, in, in science that that that, uh, that that are good than perhaps are are planned upon. Anyway, um, he shared the two thousand. I'm sorry, two thousand nineteen oh three Nobel Prize with uh, Pierre and Marie Curie for their work on radioactivity. So, good good trio there. March 2nd was Texas Independence Day, which is a big yee-haw. Yeah, to all the citizens of the low. What would we do without Texas? Well, half we have of, to half of the three fourths of the things that we talk about <laughs> in, <laughs> in strange and weird history would just be wiped away. Our, our other brilliant moment also would would suffer a lot. <laughs> that segment would suffer a lot too. Yeah, and the great thing about uh, Texas this year is that Aaron Ra is going to run. That's right for the Senate. So Aaron Ra is a yeah, new new era in in Texas. That new absolute new slant on what Texas independence <laughs> should really mean. I sure hope he puts in a good fight for that. Boy, you, and then um, apropos of absolutely nothing and coming abs- just um, coincidentally, March 3rd was International Sex Workers Day. No relationship to okay. anything that we've said before. Just that's what happens. Days just occur. And, <laughs> <laughs> you need take a day for them too, I guess. <laughs> in 1873, on March the 3rd, um, the U.S. Congress enacted the Comstock Law, which made it illegal to send anything obscene, lewd, or lascivious through the mail. And that's still still on the books and still gets challenged every every now and then. March fourth is Employee Appreciation Day and Unplugging Day, which means just you know to do without all of the wonderful technology. Would you be up to that? Would you unplug for a day? You go camping if you want to unplug. Okay, yeah, that's what yeah. I do. But even then, people have their GPS, so they're not totally unplugged. Well, and okay. they're listening to music, and they're checking every now and then to see what's on their face. Yeah, it's probably good for the soul. Semi-unplugged. We ought to have a semi and then work our way up to total unplugged. March 4th, Employee Appreciation Day, as we said. And in 1928, it was the start of the Great Bunyan Race from Los Angeles to New York. And that really is the story of, of the week here. Um, in, uh, 19, um, in 1928, 199 men lined up in Los Angeles, California to participate in a 3,400-mile transcontinental foot race to New York City. It was called the Bunyan Derby for obvious reasons, and uh, it was the brainchild of a sports promoter whose name was Charles Pyle. He promised $25,000 as a grand prize and claimed that the competition would immortalize U.S. Highway Route 66, uh, which is 2,400 miles long, mostly unpaved, and it subjected runners to mountains, desert, mud, sandstorms, all the way from one end to the other. And the reason 199 men lined up was because the economy was so bad that people would do almost anything, you know, if a good money prize, you know, was was the end because it, they thought it would take them, you know, out of out of poverty. So that's why these these two hundred, almost two hundred men, uh, decided that they would put themselves through there. And a gentleman named Andy Payne won the event in fifth. 573 hours, 4 minutes, and 34 seconds. It took 84 days. They participated um, in the part foot race and part Hollywood production. And they had food concessions, vaudeville acts, sideshows, a portable radio station. So they really promoted it all along so they could get the, the greatest amount of uh, audiences that they could. And the, the, the press wrote it up this way. I just love this. In a wild grab for glory, a cast of nobodies saw hope in the dust. Blacks who escaped the poverty and terror of the Old South. First-generation immigrants with their mother tongue thick on their lips. Midwest farm boys. They came, flouting the odds. 
Charlie Pyle's offer of free food and lodging to anyone who would take up the challenge opened the race to men of limited means. Andy um, Payne, who won, was elected clerk to the Supreme Court in Oklahoma City and was re-elected five times afterward. And there was a PBS documentary called The Great American Race of 1928. Wow. So, yeah, I think it's probably on YouTube if anybody wants to look at it. But uh, it was a great event. Hmm. And that, dear listeners, brings to a close another passing parade of interesting, mundane, unusual, and occasionally bizarre events, as it includes Texas, of course, and people that make up this day in history. Thank you, Nancy, as oh, per yeah. usual. We're going to do something a tad different today, because we're going to be talking about... Quack Watch. You're definitely... So we're not really doing a quack wash today, but we thought we'd get no, some clarification. Doing, but what, what, we're, what we're going to do um, is we've had day in history, you know, for going on three years of the day yeah. in history. And I think what we should do is because we're skeptics, because we're skeptics and because um, we need to incorporate some more things about being skeptical and um, the things that we need to watch. We thought that probably having a quack watch um, every week or so would would be a good thing because there are still things out there that are um, people and machines and ideas that oh, yeah. are still trying to take advantage of people who are who are vulnerable and for, for many different reasons. As a public service. As a public service. Listener. So naturally, being a history buff, the first step we have to take is we've got to look at history to see <laughs> <laughs> to see what is a quack watch and how did it get its name. So we'll bear through with this, and then we'll we'll get we'll get to the really interesting stuff as we go on. Okay. okay. The word quack is an abbreviation of what was originally a Dutch word, but it sounds an awful lot like quacksalver. And it came to be in the 16th century. And what that word meant was a peddler who sold fraudulent medicines in the street. Hmm. Just kind of interesting. And um, they, uh, there were like grandiose claims for these salves and so forth. And um, so the, the people who... Um, who sold these salves or ointments, uh, especially the ones that people said they could cure just about anything from headaches to bunions to pneumonia to, you know, the fainting spells, whatever it was. Those were, uh, those people, were, were charlatans uh, who were peddling this stuff were called uh, quack salver, and so that was shortened to a quack, which means either a fake or an unethical medical doctor. So that's, that's where that came from. So quackery, then, is the promotion of fraudulent or ignorant medical practices. And a quack is a fraudulent or ignorant pretender to medical skill. And any person who pretends professionally or publicly to have skill, knowledge, or qualifications that he or she doesn't possess, like a charlatan or a snake oil salesman, they're quacks. And in the Middle Ages, the term quack also meant shouting. Mm. So maybe the quack part of it, you know, from quacking ducks that are noisy and the quack solvers. So the word quack just sort of came into being, and it's still with us. You think it's still a good word to use, a good shorthand? Sure, why not? I yeah. Mean, and there are websites called quack watches, and there are a lot of things on the net to um, warn people. But for some reason, regardless of the amount of warning and information that's out there, People still fall for things that yeah. offer quick cures and we're uh, we're, we're easy. trusting people normally, right? I mean, that's, well, you think people would know better, but I think, and this is a wide statement. I bet you that if any of us talk to friends and acquaintances, we would find at least one who's fallen for some kind of a scam. Oh, I'll take over very far, right here. Oh, <laughs> I'll, yeah, I'll be the first one to say I've fallen for many of these kind of things. Inconceivable! Yeah, but, any you know, any that you can, any that you want to share with us as time goes on? Well, You'll have maybe to, not today. Yeah, not, maybe today. not today, well, but, we'll think. But I think we all have, oh, yeah. you know, because something, something who, that has seemed really attractive 
has gotten the best of us. And so what we're going to try to do is to minimize or at least take away the exactly. attraction. Exactly. And I think we're going to call the, sec- the, uh, the segment Scams, Shams, uh, Scams, Shams, if I, can just, if I can get it out. Scams, Shams, and Ultimate Quacks. Fair what enough. do you think? Yeah, it sounds good, pretty good. And All if you're right. listening, if the listeners want to let us know, send us an email at left at valley at outlook.com. That's right. If you have any at all, and we're going to start the segment off next week with orthomolecular therapy. Ooh, that should be interesting. That's a good one. But right now we're going to take a pause and we're going to come right back with Corey Johnson. Stay tuned. Do you know where Saskatchewan is? Probably not. It's in Canada. If you do, you might know a city named Regina. In Regina, there's a studio. And in that studio, there are, at least once a month, a bunch of skeptical atheist geeks and goofballs who get together to do a podcast. We are the Brainstorm Crew, and we're trying to help spread a bit of reason and critical thinking while still having fun. Never taking things too seriously, but still not accepting everything we're told, we go through different topics, exploring them in depth, and often disagreeing. We try to stick to provable facts, and we never trust a myth. That's why we say we're woo-free since 2013. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spreaker under Brainstorm. Or check out our website, brainstormblog.net. I can't promise you'll always agree with us, but I can promise you'll have fun listening to us. If your skepticism is socially conscious and doesn't take itself too seriously, you might like Life, the Universe, and everything else. Ray Comfort, his big stumper was literally, which came first, the chicken or the egg? A lot of the interviews took place in front of a building that said liberal arts. (laughs) (laughs) I'm guessing that they're not all science majors. (laughs) Life, the Universe, and Everything Else. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and pretty much anywhere else. I don't know, Zoom? Is that still a thing? I'm the Supreme Irreverend Dr. Randy Tyson from the Legion of Reason Diversion. Join me and my co-hosts, Christine Shelska, Twyla, and Nate Phelps, as we explore issues at the intersection of atheism, humanism, and skepticism. Topics range from alternative medicine to the interference of religion in public policy. We often have special guests to help us understand the topic du jour. Previous guests include biologist Jerry Coyne, ex-Muslim author Ali Rizvi, philosopher Peter Bogosian, and the late physicist Victor Stanger. You can watch us on the Legion of Reason YouTube channel or subscribe to the audio version through your favorite podcatchers such as iTunes or Stitcher. And don't forget to like the Legion of Reason Facebook page. Whoever is led to believe that species are mutable will do good service by conscientiously expressing his conviction. For only thus can the load of prejudice by which this subject is overwhelmed be removed. So what you know about natural selection? And we're back. So now, Nancy, we got a guest. His name is Corey Johnson. He is one of the co-hosts of the podcast Brainstorm out of Saskatchewan. Corey, thank you so much for being with us. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Oh, got a live audience just loving you, man. We're just loving you. <laughs> We're so yeah, glad you could spend some time ever. with us. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Corey, um, would you be so kind to give us? You know, some of our audience might not know the the, the brainstorm podcast, and if they don't, shame on them. You should be really be listening. <sighs> give us at least a Reader's Digest introduction of what you guys are all about. Uh Skepticism and critical thinking is the uh, main theme of the show. We take news stories, current events, and uh, skeptical topics, and we kind of try and do a a bit of an analysis of it. I mean, we joke around a lot. We have a lot of fun with it. But sometimes we we really try and analyze things a little bit deeper than you might on another show. Or uh, on, hey, hey, say, hey, hey, that's not a slight towards us. Reading an article. <laughs> That's not a slight towards us, is it? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on the show, Corey. It was great having you. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, there's a lot of shows that do things the same way that we do. Uh, I think we, because we have such a large crew, that we have a, a, a variety of takes on different things, and we get, have a lot of give and take on different subjects. So, mm-hmm. so how did the whole idea of the, of the podcast come about for you guys? <laughs> it's funny because uh, uh, I 
it's mainly a product of my own ego, right? Oh. <laughs> I, uh, aren't are, aren't all friends... shows products of somebody's ego? I mean, <laughs> another slide at me. What is this? <laughs> that pick on Kevin Day. Just because I was looking at you, Kevin, doesn't mean <laughs> doesn't mean I was singling you out. <laughs> no, <of course> not. <laughs> yeah, no. Me and uh, I, I, I was hanging out with my friends for a lot. Every second weekend, I'd go and hang out with my buddies, and we'd drink and we'd talk. And I was just thinking, like. You know, we're really a pretty smart bunch of people. Maybe we should put something together and uh, put it out on the internet. And uh, since then, we've kind of learned that we weren't as smart as we thought we were. <laughs> Reality catches up with us one way or the other, doesn't it, Corey? That's right. <laughs> so, so that was yeah. simply it. You guys, out of the blue, decided, you know, instead of just drinking beer and talking philosophy and stuff like that, why don't we just put a mic in front of our face? Yeah, well, that was because I listened to a bunch of different podcasts. Like I was listening to, listening to uh, Cognitive Dissonance oh, and Scathing Atheist and a bunch of other ones. And I was thinking, you know, this seems like it's not that hard to put together. You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> <laughs> now you know better. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was considerably more difficult than I thought it would be. So the rumor is that the, you guys started this podcast uh, because there really is nothing else to do in Saskatchewan. Is that true? You want to catch a comment on that? <laughs> yeah, well, it's either do something like that or get in trouble, right? <laughs> <laughs> is, maybe you can settle the bet, too. Is it true that if you look to the east, you'll see the back of your head eventually? maybe not quite but you can see pretty far (laughs) (laughs) well thank you so much for joining us Corey and uh, today we are going to be talking about a segment that I like to call where is it where's my feel free to jump in Corey we're going to do a couple of segments yes we're doing a segment uh, called so feel feel free to jump jump right in another brilliant moment brought to you by religion I've got plenty of stories I've got actually two or three stories uh, let's start with the uh, the one about the uh, fat man, red new, red hat news. Christian hate pastor Joshua Fruenstein heard about how witches are going to cast a spell on Donald Trump, so he wants everyone to pray to counter the hex. <laughs> this is serious, and this is what is happening in the 21st century in the U.S. Have they got any room on the witches panel? I want to... <laughs> Please. <laughs> because as everyone knows, if two forms of bullshit are mixed, their powers cancel out. It's like Newton's fourth law of motion or something, right? The funny thing is, uh, like, you'll have one side that if something does happen and uh, Trump gets impeached, then they take credit. And the other side is like, oh, well, he didn't get impeached. If he doesn't get impeached, then they get to take credit. So somebody always gets to take credit for it, even though they didn't do anything. Absolutely. So he goes on and he says, The witches are gathering together around the globe to perform black magic against the president. Because the news media didn't work their fake news, and the marches didn't stop him. So now they're upping the ante by bringing back black magic into the equation. (laughs) (laughs) But I've got good news for you. I don't care if there's a million of witches they are gathering against Donald Trump because of their bibbidi bobbidi boo, and this is actually what he said. <laughs> is it more powerful than in the name of Jesus? There's something about that bibbidi bobbidi boo. This just is, is attracting me more and more. Well, if this guy wasn't such a douchebag, he'd make a good comedian. That's yeah, not funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah, if he wasn't taking himself so seriously, it'd be funny. Oh, it'd be so yeah. funny, right? Yeah. And not that oh. I care to parse the different kinds of spell they are, but the witches involved here are casting a binding spell on Trump. That's not a curse, as Fernstein suggests. Binding spells are actually used to prevent someone or something from causing harm. There is a group of witches that are getting together to actually create some kind of a spell. So this guy actually is onto something, but it's just like, come on. A binding spell is not going to work, and praying in the name of Jesus is not going to save Donald Trump. So any words of wisdom from either one, from Nancy, from you, Corey? No, it's just that the paranoia politic train is rapidly heading toward crazy town and i don't know how to stop it it just it just gets worse every week so now it's the spells 
Okay. All right. Well, Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boo is now today. a resistance uh, by where I got to make a sign uh, next March. It's the Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boo <laughs> sign for me, buddy. Bibbidi-Bobbidi-Boo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's move on to another story then. All right. Well, speaking of brilliant people, just when you were comfortable believing that wealthy athletes were also the intellectual elite, reality will slap you in the face. Uh. Kyrie Irving, in a recent podcast appearance with teammate Channing Fry and Richard Jefferson, asked the group if they believe the Earth is round. Now, Kyrie Irving is a basketball player. He set himself up for a head-scratching answer to his own question. He said, this is not essentially a conspiracy theory. He said, um, the Earth is flat. When pressed... To, uh, for a response that, uh, for the record, is flat out wrong. <laughs> Irving went on the rails and blamed a particular group he did not name, which he thinks wants to convince us the Earth is in fact round. <laughs> Irving said, right in front of our faces, I'm telling you, it's right in front of our faces. They lie to us. What I've been taught is that the Earth is round, but if you really think about what landscape and the way we travel and the way we move to the fact that you can really think of us rotating around the sun and all the planets align, rotating in specific dates, being perpendicular to what's going on in these planets, I have no idea what he's talking about. This yeah, guy doesn't I'm make confused. any sense. <laughs> no, I think, didn't, uh, didn't he say something about he knew it was flat because when he's in a plane and they're flying, he can see that horizon stretching yes, straight yes, out in yes. front of him. And it doesn't what look other curved. proof? What other scientific proof does one need other than <laughs> sitting in that plane and I don't know what he's drinking. Is he in first class where he's, you he, know, he's in first <laughs> class he's drinking a lot of champagne. So Corey, I, I, I'm <laughs> hoping that you will, you and your group of skeptics at Brainstorm, will stop telling people that the Earth is a oblate spheroid. Will you stop doing that? Because the Earth is obviously flat. Can you? Can we have you on the record saying that today? Uh, I, I'm afraid not. No. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Uh, <laughs> no cooperation from this guy, <laughs> dude. We have a basketball player here. Come on. Well, that's true. Well, he is a, a, a sure authority on the subject. Absolutely. I just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he uses a sphere in his hands all the time when he's dribbling. So he knows what spheres are. That's right. 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 You can yeah, tell no, by holding it. a basketball that the earth is nowhere shaped like that. Absolutely. We're such heretics. I know. And we just keep, we just don't know when to stop. Do yeah. We? So I, I, I really don't know what <laughs> yeah. to do with this. <laughs> <laughs> So, Corey, <laughs> let's talk about your show here, then. Sure. What exactly are you guys trying to do here with Brainstorm? Are you guys just trying to uh, go out there and just inform? Are you just doing this for fun? Or what, what's, your, what's your mandate then? Uh, it started out just for fun, but I think we've turned into kind of uh, an information-slash-educational show. Uh, we have it in two parts. The first, half is, first week was always just fun. We do interviews and current events or whatever and then our second half always has an educational component to it so we're i guess trying to spread a little bit of critical thinking and uh a little bit of skepticism hmm. okay and uh, in in the uh the in the prairies in saskatchewan there do you guys bump into a lot of pushback against critical thinking and atheism and all that are the prairies more religious than they are here on the west coast of here oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. definitely it's jesus down over there it is. You can't handle the truth. I don't, you may not be familiar with our uh, Brad Wall's antics, but he uh, he likes to promote prayer in our legislative assemblies, and he likes to promote uh, like really push Christianity in his Christmas addresses, and like it's it's pretty religious here. Don't now, Brad Wall is the premier, right? Yes, that's right. Okay. Oh, really? Oh. He's he's a bit like our Christy Clark, although she doesn't push prayer exactly in the legislative assembly. She is. Quite religious herself. Hmm. Yeah, actually, I I think that he quite likes Christy Clark. He's taken a page out of her book in the educational reform type. Oh God, no! Mentality. <laughs> so, no, no, no! Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Oh, cool. Um, so, so, so you have you guys had a lot of pushback essentially on the show yet? Uh, no, actually, we we actually we seem to be flying under the radar uh, in Saskatchewan. We have uh, our local CFI group mm-hmm. supports us, and we have our local atheists and skeptics all are part of our own community. But 
as far as the general populace is concerned, we might as well not exist. <laughs> oh, so you don't you don't get any email or any any feedback at all from from your audience? Probably the best way to be, actually, to be under the radar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's why yeah, I asked. No, you know. We don't hear anything negative anyway. Oh, mm. that's good. So, so what are the uh, biggest battles do you guys have in Saskatchewan? I mean, besides the, the premier trying to push religion into the legislative assembly, you guys face a lot of creationism, for example. Yeah, there we have our share of creationists. I, I find myself arguing for evolution quite a bit, just on a personal level. Uh, I think in the broader spec, uh, broader range, we have a lot of climate change denialism. Oh, really? So, yeah, like, uh, so we're constantly arguing for the carbon taxes, or we're arguing for the science of climate change and it's it's like talking to a brick wall sometimes <laughs> so you guys are essentially like alberta light right yeah basically like <laughs> saskatchewan and rural alberta are the same mentality <laughs> wow okay do you have any um of the public schools there that hand out religious material at all or have you gotten beyond that um well I think all the schools, all the elementary schools here in grade five or so uh, give parents an opt-out form. And if they don't opt out, then they hand, they, uh, the company or whatever comes and gives Bibles to the kids. But uh, if you have the option to opt out, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we just, we, we just, we've had that for years in Abbotsford and just uh, last year, yeah, uh, yeah, they, 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 the they school board was finally presented with an option. How, how about if you give out one of uh, Richard Dawkins' books and, and give the parents an opportunity to opt out from that? And uh, suddenly they went into a panic behind closed doors <laughs> and said, you know, we'll, we'll just do away with it. Thank you very much. Wonderful offer, but uh, we're, yeah. we're going to disband. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but it uh, that's what it took, an, an, an option. Uh, and, and finally the schools gave up. So maybe that's something eventually that'll that'll happen there. Yeah, but that was also yeah. in Chilliwack too, right? Yeah, in Chilliwack. Yeah, just to give you an idea there, uh, Corey, we're in uh, Abbotsford, which is essentially the uh, Canadian Bible Belt in that sense that it actually has more churches per capita than any other place in the country, apparently. Oh, well. Yeah. But <laughs> although although it's, I don't see nowhere near as much Jesus preaching as what you seem to be experiencing in in uh, rural uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, we, uh, the town I used to live in used to have like a population of 10, just over 10,000, and it had something like 20 churches in it. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we gonna do now? <laughs> so, wow, wow. Yeah, yeah that's fair, that's fairly typical. We have oh, a population of what 150,000, 60,000. We have 100 churches. They don't talk to each other. They use the same roadways to get to church, but they they avert their eyes. If you have more churches than Tim Hortons, you could consider yourself to be a pretty religious town. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, do you find, I mean, in your neck of the woods, do you find, uh, we're, we're seeing here, we seem to be seeing, it's my opinion, of course, an influx of religious thinking seeping across the, the uh, U.S. border into the country. You know, we were talking a bit earlier that we have uh, uh, Billy Graham that's actually here in Vancouver doing some kind of evangelical Franklin, seminar. Franklin, the son of. Oh, no, sorry, did yeah. I see Billy? Yeah. Okay, sorry, Franklin, Franklin, yeah, Billy. Probably <laughs> mummified at this point. Anyway, and uh, uh, and uh, we're seeing, like I said, creationism coming across the border and, and stuff like that. In your neck of the woods, what, what are the uh, what, what do you see? Yeah, well, we see some of that. I mean, I don't know if you read the article uh, from Alberta where they were chanting the "lock her up" thing for uh, their premier. Uh, we we seem to be really influenced, especially in Regina and Weyburn, where I used to live, because it's so close to the border. We're so influenced by North Dakota, oh, and really? that's kind of not a great place, <laughs> as far as I can that's tell. That's not a great claim. So put that on the license plate, <laughs> Saskatchewan, influenced by North Dakota. That just, that's a horrible <laughs> yeah, logo. Right. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't it doesn't sound good, does it? <laughs> no, no, really. Wow. Well, I'm I'm interested in some of the things that you do with your with your topics, Corey, like critical thinking. What kinds of things do you 
promote or how do you promote uh, critical critical thinking? You've got you know a large group of people. You've got different kinds of views. So that that's one topic that we've been interested in here for for quite a while. So what what is it that you're doing that you can share with us that that's valuable in terms of promoting it? Well, I think uh, like as far as our uh, promotion of critical thinking is like we take uh, common topics that people seem to get wrong and uh, and we kind of take a good look at them every now and then and uh, really look at the research and we try to provide our sources so that if somebody wanted to check back on us then we can s- kind of cite where we got our information and uh, like we've been looking individually at logical fallacies and uh, common skeptical issues where like vaccines causing autism and uh, uh, GMO fear mongering things like that and we just we just try really hard to provide our sources eh? Mm, mm Yeah, one of the things, um, one of the guys on our on our crew, Tyler, who's not here today, that's one of his favorite uh, subjects, and and one of the things that he would like to see, and he's actually you know trying to to promote, is to have uh, critical thinking as part of the fifth. I think it's the fifth grade, at least twelve year olds, and he's approaching the schools to see if they can put critical thinking as part of the curriculum uh, yes. at the ages where kids are just beginning to really you know begin a little um, thinking a little bit deeper. And, and becoming aware of, of different controversies. So is that something that, that you've talked about uh, on your show? We have. It seems uh, like when we've talked about it, it seems like uh, everybody se- kind of has a different idea. The skeptical outlook on critical thinking seems to be different than the educational outlook on critical thinking. And I think we need to, we, we on our show have kind of discussed where we need to find a balance there so that, uh, like you say, like so that kids can actually analyze things, claims as they're coming. I think there was a, a study not that long ago that talked about teenagers and looking at advertorials uh, versus real news stories, and they couldn't tell the difference. So it's something that's definitely important to look at, try to get going anyway. Mm. Yeah, especially in this era of fake news, when you can't tell the difference, you're, you know, this society is at, at, at risk, which it is now. You can see this play out Absolutely. in the in the states. And thank goodness, not so much here. I believe it's Al Gore that said the uh, the, uh, the, fifth, the the fourth estate, the the press is essentially the immune system of the uh, democracy. Yeah, if it's not working properly, you have a sick democracy. <laughs> so I have to t- t- as long as it's that. effective, right? Exactly, as long yeah. as it's effective. Yeah. Totally. Uh, I'm curious about the, uh, you said you have a big crew. How, how big is your crew? Uh, when we have, everybody's at, when everybody is there, we have six people in, putting their input in, and then we still have our sound guy, Dave, who uh, sits there, and he doesn't often comment, but he's he's there if we happen to broach a subject he knows about or has some interest in. That's so cool. we can have up to seven people. That's pretty fantastic. I mean, uh, in, in a place that's not as... Uh, populous. I mean, there's not as much population as there is in BC. Uh, how do you guys find each other? Actually, surprisingly, uh, like the crew has changed quite a bit over the years. But uh, the original group were all guys that I grew up with or knew when I was a teenager. So we just all kind of learned to be skeptical at similar times, eh? Hmm. So, so, and so. Then, so were, were you, uh, did you deconvert out of religion yourself? Uh, sort of. I mean, I, my parents were uh, what you would call, I guess, born-again Christians when I hit my teen years. And then that, so I rebelled against that and decided to call myself agnostic. And then I, uh, I kind of believed all kinds of different things over the years. And then when I hit 30, 31, I just decided that I realized that, yeah, I'm actually an atheist. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> so, so that's kind of my, my deconversion story isn't terribly interesting compared to some of them I've heard. <laughs> no, actually, it's the typical uh, deconversion story. That's uh, pretty much what happened right. to me, too, and for a lot of people. So there's nothing wrong with that. It just sometimes it just takes time because we never give it much thought. Yeah, you just get older day. and you learn more. And, I mean, hmm. 
That's interesting. Yeah. So where is the Brainstorm podcast going? Where do you guys want to take this? You know, it's hard to say. Uh, right now, we average a couple hundred downloads per episode. So, I mean, that's pretty good. We're reaching people. We have interaction with certain audience members on a regular basis. And we have a pretty good uh, support from our listeners. Mm-hmm. I, I have another project that I'm starting. Uh, I'm going to start doing a solo project where I take two or three months to put an, in, uh, an episode together and like do a real deep dive and do as many interviews as I can and get really into something and, and then put an episode out every two or three months. And then uh, me and Destin are also looking at another project. So, I mean, this is all, it's just going to branch out into other projects. Mm. That's good. Uh, last year, we actually put together a, an atheist conference or a skeptical conference. Way to go. Yeah, and uh, it was quite a success. It's just uh, finding the time to, do it, to arrange that again while still putting on a show and we have these other projects on the go, so yeah, exactly. And yeah, a heavy so, life. So actually, you're going to do a radio documentary, um, in, in essence, every every three months. What kind of what kind of topics interest you? What what do you think needs that that deep dive um, uh, to 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 get it to get it out and and to to get more people exposed to to either a point of view or educate them. Well, the first subject that I'm tackling is so, this uh, idea of social justice. And because there seems to be this divide within atheist and skeptic uh, communities online where there's the, the quote-unquote SJWs and there's the other side who, uh, I don't know what, I don't even have a name for the other side, but you know, like you have these two sides and there seems to be this split and nobody seems to know what the other side is talking about, but they sure don't have any trouble vilifying them. So, <laughs> it's, so I think that really it take it, it needs an examine, a uh, real examination. Yeah. And uh, I've no, I've noticed that too. Uh, when it comes to social justice uh, warriors, there is that the people that, I don't know, they, 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 there is like left and then there's like far left almost in, if we were going to analyze this via political spectrum. Uh, right. Yourself, uh, Corey, where, where would you find yourself on that spectrum? Uh, you know, I find that the, the worse arguments I hear against the far left, the further left I go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> Give me an example of that. Uh, well, like, just uh, as an example, uh, there was the, the riot in and Berkeley there when Milo was yes. uh, going to, to speak. And people, there was some people were arguing that that was uh, a protest by the students and it's a censorship and, and whatnot. And I, I get, I, I support obviously free speech, but I found that that argument was vilifying people who weren't, doing any rioting and weren't doing any harm uh, in the name of these few people who were doing harm. And it pushed me towards that kind of like, well, okay, well, maybe this no platforming thing actually has some merit. And as a result, I actually did a debate on the wayward atheists with Edward Smith, uh, where I took the, the pro no platforming stance. (laughs) What is that? Forgive my ignorance here, but what exactly do you mean by the no platform stance? Well, uh, well, I mean, no, no platforming is just the act of not giving somebody a platform to speak or spread their ideas, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, um, many people consider universities to be on uh, a level where they need to be a, a bastion of ideas, so you need to have both... Uh, even the worst of, of the worst of ideas presented. And I tried, I just, I tried to explain a pers- perspective where that might not necessarily be the case. Like I, I presented it as an economic uh, capitalist type argument, actually, where, uh, uh, where universities have to do a cost benefit analysis and they have to decide if a speaker is value or is good for the university or bad for the university based on uh, not just finances. I try, I, everybody got hung up on the money aspect, but 
it wasn't just about the finances for my argument. I, I tried to make it about like, cause they have a reputation to uphold. They have educational standards to uphold. They have all kinds of things that they have to take into account. And, uh, and ultimately, that was my that was my argument. It was a capitalist type argument for the position that universities get to decide if somebody speaks at their uh, platform or not. Hmm. Well, it gets it gets interesting. I I, I think, and this may be a little off center a little bit, but um, yes, universities need to be able to you know, promote different ideas and, and, and diverse people from all over, and people need to hear those ideas, and I think you know, many times when students prevent or, or protest against someone because they don't, they don't like his point of view, that's one thing. But when you have someone like Milo who uses the, his, the platform to grandstand and vilify other people just to, just to spread hate, I think that's a, a whole different category. And maybe, you know, the university is right in, in not having him. It's a, it's a fine line between totally free is. speech and allowing somebody um, the, the opportunity to, to just spew hatred in, in all directions without caring whether or not he's giving, you know, any intellectual content he just wants to. You know, we should do a show. We should do a show yeah. on this and invite Corey and uh, Dr. Randy Tyson from the Legion of Reason. Yeah. I think uh, yeah. you guys do not... I've talked to him a few times about it. We we definitely disagree. Yes. I, I, th- I think I, it would uh, be a very interesting show. Yeah. yeah well, did you would, bring up sure the, yeah, were, would, were those elements at all in any of your arguments, or am I kind of off in my in my thinking there, Corey? Well, uh, I ultimately for the university, I laid it out as the, the cap, or that economic capitalist type meant, uh, argument. <laughs> But after that, I did also present some reasons why students might try to have somebody say no platform. And uh, Milo's a perfect example because he does that sp- a specific targeting of students. And like he, uh, he has some very, uh, what you could actually almost say is specifically hurtful uh, things to, that he's promoting, these ideas that he's promoting. So I, I see where the students... And I, I don't know if I can justify uh, the students' actions of trying to shut him down 100%. I'm just saying that uh, they have their reasons for why, why they're trying to get him shut down, mm-hmm. and the university has to take those reasons and, and apply them to a formula and decide on their best interests if they remove that platform. Hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah, it well, is. It's a it, it's a fine fine line. It you, is. You, you really is. are someone who who believes strongly in in free speech, but then you have people like Milo that just turn all of your ideas on their head. Well, even in Canada, free speech is not exactly the same version of free speech we have in the states. There are some things here right. you're not allowed to actually say by yeah. law. Uh, Hmm, very interesting. Corey, yeah, the, the mic is all yours, my friend. If you want to promote your show and all that, be shameless, go right ahead. Give us give yeah, us a no, It's, uh, as you said, the Brainstorm Podcast. It's uh, Our website is uh, brainstormblog.net. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, pretty much anywhere the podcasts are found. Excellent. Thank you so much, Corey. And uh, somebody, let, let me just jump in oh, here yeah, for, for a second without even checking with Kevin. But no, when, okay. when you do your deep dive and you have an episode that really covers the social justice, justice topic or whatever, uh, let us know. And if it's possible for us to replay it here and give it some, um, some audience attention, uh, that yeah, would absolutely. that would be great because you're you're doing something that isn't done um, typically, and I think uh, people want to deep get deeply into into one episode, which we can't do all the time. So if you're Not into that. sharing, that would be fantastic. Those Canadians have to stick together anyway, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, I, anyway, I let, let us know. I will. Yeah. No, I I for sure will. If I'm, somebody uh, wants to reach you, Corey, where can they find I'm, you? I've got interview. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I've got. I've got interviews lined up. Uh, I, I still actually am looking for people who uh, uh, consider the S this social justice movement to be problematic mm-hmm. because I uh, I'm having trouble finding people who will 
sit down and have an interview with me and have and explain their perspective to me. So I'd, I'd really like if I can find anybody who has a really thoughtful perspective, I, I want to hear it. Okay, fair enough. So if we find somebody, we'll send them your way. If people want to find you, Corey, where can they find you? Uh, the best place, like I guess I'm on Facebook as uh, uh, just Corey Johnston, or uh, you can check out my Facebook page, uh, The Hardcore Skeptic. And uh, if you want to email me for any reason, it's mail at brainstormblog.net. Perfect. Now, Corey, before I let you go, can I get you to say one more thing? Can you can I get you to say, <laughs> hi, I'm Corey Johnson of the Brainstorm Podcast, and I took a left at the valley. Hi, I'm Corey Johnson from the Brainstorm Podcast, and I took a left at the valley. And that was Corey Johnson of the Brainstorm Podcast. What a nice guy. Another Canadian podcast I highly recommend. Great show. And you guys should be encouraging the local talent anyway before listening to those Americans, which yeah. they do a good job too. Yeah, I really am interested in, in one episode that's totally devoted to uh, yeah. a topic that needs, uh, you know, expansion. We, you know, we cover a lot of topics, but uh, it's good to, to just concentrate on one and get We'll Both have to sides. keep an eye yeah. on uh, on Corey there. Yeah, looking and forward to hearing that. And bring him back. But before we go, I, well, I, there's a story I really wanted to talk about. So let's do... Things that make you go... Because I think it's a Canadian story, so why not bring it on? Okay, here we go. have a Canadian thing going on today. Did you hear that the oldest traces of life on Earth were found in Quebec? I did, but I didn't read the story. Apparently, it's dating back roughly to 3.8 billion years. What they found is they found bright red hematite uh, rocks and a team of international scientists has found the oldest record of life on Earth in northern Quebec dating back to 3.8 million years. Billion years, sorry. Billion years. Our solar system was formed about 4.6 billion years ago. Scientists believe that about 4.3 billion years ago, water already existed on the surface of the Earth. However, it isn't known as when the earliest life emerged. Okay. Recent, recent research has found life to be at 3.4 billion years and sometimes and also recently at 3.7. Now this discovery that was made in the Nouveau-Chicouk Greenstone Belt in northern Quebec is a rock known as the Brand- Banded Iron Formations. These formations existed billions of years ago, a result of microorganisms reacting with dissolved iron in the water that covered the planet. They, the rocks look like they, they appear red and white in layers. Uh-huh. That's what it almost looks like some kind of cake, actually. <laughs> so, whether or not there's a debate whether the age of the rock is in the belt is 3.0 billion or 4.3 billion years old. Uh, oh, what's a billion here? Half a billion. But nonetheless, it pushes back because I've, I've, uh, we had the evidence for 3.7. So now it pushes back to at least 3.8, maybe to 4.3 billion years old. Interesting. Well, I didn't. You read the story. Were they specifically looking for this, or was it one of those, you know, happenstance, accidental, serendipity Ooh, kinds of? That's finds? a good question. Yeah, it, is. it doesn't really say in there. Uh, it doesn't say if they were actually looking okay. for that. No, it that's says okay. That's your homework, audience. Everybody, yeah, that's right. Look, look it up and uh, send send us back your your findings. You've got. You, your audience, our audience has been very quiet lately. It so has been quiet. Little, little homework and little participation is required this week. That's right. Little assembly is required. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting because, you know, it goes completely against my deep held belief that the Earth is 6,000 years old, of course, and, <laughs> and the dinosaurs and gladiators had, had fights. Why, why, why dispute that when you have rocks? Who cares what rocks are saying? It's those, it's those coffee hours with uh, with Ken Ham that have been changing your point of view a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. He's so. coming to skeptics in the in the pub and turning everybody toward creationism. What's happening? <laughs> yeah, indeed, it doesn't make any sense. But hey, that's okay. Uh, it's how it goes. I'd rather follow the science. There you go. So. Thank you so much, Nancy, for joining me today. It was a fun show. Yeah, we had we fun. Make a, we that. make a cute couple, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> a couple th- of what? Well, I'm not going to get into exactly. but we make a cute couple. And thank you to our guest, Corey Johnson, for being with us today. Coming up next week, we'll be talking to Mr. Deedy, Brian Keith Dalton. That oh, should be fun. Oh, yeah. And we'll also, the weekend after that, we'll be talking to... Uh, 
Kara Santa Maria. She's also one of the uh, the skeptic scouts in the universe. She's a science educational uh, educator. Um, We'll have our friend Jim Newman from the Life Universe and Everything Else podcast. And our old friend Anthony Avice Dubrisson. Remember him? Yes, I He's do. coming back to us April 1st. And no, it is not an April Fool's gag. Okay. So, And of course, on the 15th also, we have the debate, the Christian debate. Our friend Chris Christensen will be debating the resurrection versus Tyler. So. Ooh, that's going to be close because Chris came out ahead the last one. Tyler better be on his toes. Exactly. So it's going to be interesting to see what's going on there. Uh, you guys can uh, send us an email at left at valley at outlook.com. You can follow us at uh, Facebook. You can follow us at uh, Twitter at LATV Podcast. Follow us oh, on. Oh, uh, we're, we're not hiding. No, no, we're not hiding. <laughs> left at valley.com. You can uh, send an email. Uh, you can uh, actually. Um, so sign in for Block Talk Radio, Spreaker, SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube. And if you think you want to come on our show, let us know. Let us know. You betcha. We'd Why love not? to have you. Why not? We're I can open. see you through the through our little mic, and you're you're raring <laughs> to go. You just need a little encouragement. So come join us. Nancy dear, thank you again. Until next week. Oh yeah. in my body. You can bet your last dollar. I'll be working hard fighting this problem. It comes from culture, only true on a regional scale. Science is universal. Or you could say that Horus isn't real, but Jesus is. Or Zeus, Thor, Mithra, Vishnu, you don't believe in them. I think the reason is apparent. You do what you're told and believe in the God assigned by your parents. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. Something to be ashamed I'm an atheist Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 